Let me read you something that I only myself read recently. It's a letter. I have thought of you many times, but today is the first time that I finally had time to write. I just wanted you to know that Ralph and I are fine and have not, got, not have gotten the flu, yet although it is pretty bad down here right now, it seems to have hit the older folks and children. We're already seeing that elementary schools are closing, but here only a few students at the university have it. They thought it wasn't necessary to close until they see that it must be done. I heard you folks had it all this past fall, but hope you're doing all over it and feeling well now. It's beautiful weather, and I try to see Ralph once a day. If we don't, if we don't happen to see each other at school, he comes down in the afternoon after class, and if he hasn't had time to go, I go over to see him. <clears throat> we wanted you to know that we received a letter from the folks at home this morning, and it was awful bad around there now. I'm glad I'm here, although it is a different life in town than in the country. That was a letter from a student, a student in university, to her aunt living in another part of the country, describing the pandemic. It sounds an awful lot like an email that you might write or I might receive. Since March, if not before, we've been told about the new normal that we've entered. At the beginning, there were a lot of people who didn't believe it to be true. They couldn't imagine an invisible disease that could have such a wide impact, worldwide really. Some thought we just needed to hunker down for a short blizzard of infectious re infection-related activity. So for just a short time, maybe we couldn't go out into the hostile environment because it was too dangerous. But if we waited just long enough, everything would pass. Some recognized wisely that it was more than that, and they prepared themselves for a new season, the COVID-19 winter. Winters are different than blizzards, aren't they? Unlike an inhabitable storm, during the winter, you can leave your home, but first you need to take a bunch of precautions so the elements don't harm you. You'll check the forecast. You wear protective gear. You shift your mentality to winter mode. You ready yourself for long-term survival. But here we are in Toronto, or wherever you might be watching this right now, a full six months since this province of Ontario declared emergency orders and new public health requirements were put in place because of the pandemic. And while there have been unseasonably warm and mild days through this particular winter, we're still in winter, aren't we? It almost feels like we're returning to winter before we've even left. Remember Narnia before Aslan? It was always winter never Christmas. There are several who wonder if we're instead now living in something more like a, quote, little ice age, end quote, 
a time when and place where things don't grow the way they used to. I wonder if that sounds a little bit familiar to this community. Last year, at this very time, the third Tuesday of September, this chapel was filled with staff, faculty, and students. Today, I'm here with two others, and you're watching this on your laptop. Our professors who specialize in teaching students in place, in deep relationship, being able to do the give and take of what it means to extend knowledge and extend learning, are now teaching via Zoom and Teams over web, webcams and home mics. Our students who love being on campus for conversation, play, connection, are figuring out instead how to connect and engage on their iPhones. The golden sun of retreats, orientation, small group meetings, and yes, installation services has been replaced by a blue glow emitted from rectangles anywhere between six and 55 inches. It's not the way it's supposed to be, is it? Even the most introverted among us craves connection, the touch of a hand, the smile provoked from a joke, the hug that warms and assures. Almost these things have been forgotten. For many of us, especially those of us who thought this thing would have ended a long time ago, there's a growing restlessness of new normals, physical distancing, face coverings, and social bubbles. If I hear these words, these are unprecedented times, one more time, so many people that I talk to long for the simple days, not of decades or even centuries ago, but just merely a half year ago. We long for a return for what was once and for this to stop so we can get on with our lives unencumbered by restrictions. It feels like hope's dwindling. We're griping more, aren't we? Protests are ramping up and many are mourning loss. In the tumult of today, Psalm 40 speak, 46 speaks to us. Let me read it to you. <clears throat> God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose stream makes glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail, and she, sorry, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall, but he lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
while the psalmist was speaking clearly to a different people and within a different context and at a different time, his words offer us hope. Something that is lacking in our conversations and feelings these days. While we look for solutions and solace in the world around us, the psalmist reminds us of where our eyes ought to gaze on our ever-faithful refuge and strength. This psalm is one of radical trust in the face of immense odds and overwhelming threat. The odds and threats of today are different, but they're as immense and threatening as any other time. But God is the same. Another has put it this way, quote, We have a radical confidence in God by our ability to stand without fear in the face of what constitutes a threat of uncreation, end quote. As Jesus apprentices, we ought not to be afraid even as we are disrupted by an unstable world. We know that so much of what we've trusted, expected, and anticipated has been taken away or struck down. Where are the foundations that we can count on? Well, we're told that the Almighty is with us. The sovereign king, the creator of all, the very one who holds our future is faithful and merciful, and he's near. He says, quote, be still. In the cacophonous clamor of media reports and governmental briefings and social media updates, the invitation to be still is tempting. Who doesn't need a breather right now? But God isn't only beckoning us to sit tight and be quiet. What he is doing is calling us to action. In his power, in his name, still the despair, quiet the hopeless, calm the confused, because he is Lord. We need to offer ourselves to the world, our frail, humble, broken selves, but selves that are filled by his spirit. I know that many of us have started this semester with just a little bit of anxiety. Some of us with a whole lot of it. We hoped things would have been different when September rolled around. We wanted to be on campus, in class, in the residence, in this chapel, in the library, in the gym, in proximate relationship, face-to-face -face with one another. We aren't. And that's a loss. And for many, we're still in mourning. We live in this in-between, this inextricable middle of pandemic time. The blizzard has passed we think and hope at least, winter seems unending, and maybe, just maybe, this so-called little ice age is a reality. So it's okay to lament right now. There's a hole. We know what was true in February isn't true today. I want to hug my children who don't share my postal address. We're wondering about hosting friends and family for Thanksgiving dinner, but we know that we can't exceed 10 people. Others want to play with their grandchildren, their nieces, their nephews. So many of us want to converse face-to-face -face with a friend that we haven't seen for four months, but we can't, or if we do, we're covered. Our faces are covered. 
We want to gather in spaces with others of common lives and common faith and worship and sing and to know that our walk isn't solitary, but we aren't permitted to. Frankly, it's easy to let on we win. Winnie the Pooh's Eeyore would be delighted. But we can't stay here. We can't stay in this place. So next week, Dr. Duncan Reed will speak about lament. It seems to me that we don't talk about lament near enough within our churches and local congregations. We always seem eager to move on to happiness or productivity or the proverbial next step as quickly as possible. But in the midst of this unsettling season, we need to hear about lament. It's important as Christians. We also need to recognize, though, that lament is not the same as lethargic fantasy. We aren't now to rush along to some other imagined grass is greener meadow. The attitude that anything but here and now is frankly a dangerous one. As another person has said, quote, it's a kind of soul weariness in the midst of our journey a loss of holy desire that would energize the practices by which we make open space and unhurried time in our lives so we notice the real presence of God. He is always with you and me, yet we, always, we don't always remain aware of that most basic spiritual fact. We behave too often as though God either isn't present or is so distant that his presence is irrelevant." End quote. Over the course of this semester, we hope our chapel series this term will counter this insidious spiritual malaise that seems to have been creeping into so many of our lives. A sickness that, quote, causes us to find spiritual disciplines boring and not worth, take, not worth our time. A place of apathy toward life and a kind of spiritual boredom. It's kind of like the umpteenth lap somewhere between the enthusiasm of the starting line and the celebration of the finish line. Whether midday, midlife, halftime, or halfway through a big project, we're tempted to give in, give up, or distract ourselves. It's a loss of, more, of the more eternal perspective. We forget that we are living the eternal life now. End quote. Harsh blizzards, Long winters, and I'll assume little ice ages do that sort of thing. But to counter these all-too-easy habits, some members of our community are going to join us. And with the depth of their knowledge and the greatness of their wisdom, are going to reflect on these times with prophetic insight and humble understanding of God's word. These men and women with energy, irresistible persuasion, and for some, heat and humor are going to offer us not just a vaccine for spiritual sickness of our time, but maybe even a legible script for health into the future. Next week, it'll be about lament and its necessary place in our lives because with lament comes creativity and new growth. Some will look at this summer's, some, another will look at this summer's unrest, violence, and evil, and offer perspective on the centuries-long yearning for justice. Another will remind us that we need not be captive to our or others' Instagrammable vacations, 
Facebooked activities or TikToked newest crazes. Life is more than how we are compared or consumed. And then as we approach Advent and the Advent and Christmas seasons, we'll anticipate the reminders and hints of joy and hope and the wonder of serving a babe and a king. Through the term, we'll see how what was ordered is now disordered, but in Christ is moving toward reordering. And through the term, during days of distraction and dislocation, we as apprentices of Jesus will need to be extra vigilant in our practices of faith. We'll be sorely tempted by words and actions and promises of others. You know, things like easy remedies, dire consequences, facile explanations, and angry innuendo. Some will be true, but most won't be. So to counter that, we need to be truth-tellers, grace-givers, actors of love. We must rest in our God, who is our refuge and our strength and our ever-present help in times of trouble. We need to act and we need to be still. We need to know our mission and commit to it. As Dr. Kerr reminded us last week, Tyndale has a calling and we ought to know it by heart. And I believe to do this, we need to lean in to the practices of Jesus. How else will we know what he is saying, where he is acting, where he is playing? With so little that is normal now, more than ever, we must be sustained by our king. The way is the way. So whether this is a long winter, the beginning of an ice age, a new normal, or unprecedented times, God is here and he whispers, still. Oh, and that letter that I read earlier, it was written in 1918 during the Spanish flu pandemic. I wonder if they spoke of new normals and unprecedented times then. Probably. But what we know today is that God remains constant, vigilant, gracious, just. He's on our side. He's deeply good. And he's relentless. Let's pray. God, we know that you are here. We know that you are present. We know that you are our strength, our refuge, our peace in times of trouble. And God, no matter how we're dealing with this pandemic, these pandemic times, whether we are filled with hope, with the creativity of new opportunities, or mourning something that's been profoundly lost, God, I pray by your spirit, that you will attend to every single one of us in our community here at Tyndale. For those who are filled with hope, drag along those who are filled with loss. For those who are filled with loss, remind us of what was once true and can be true again. And God, through it all, we pray for the leadership of our school in the midst of making hard decisions, we pray that you will give them the grace of deep discernment and wisdom. For our leaders of government, municipal, provincial, federal, 
God instill in these men and women a deep understanding of the times and an ability with courage to act with graciousness and righteousness. Oh God, more than anything, we pray that by your spirit that you would be made real to not only those of us who already know you, but even more so to those who don't, that they can rely in you and on you and know the saving grace and knowledge and power and presence of your Son, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you'll come back again uh, next week on Tuesday to hear Dr. Duncan read. And you will have also received an email from me with regards to the Abide Chapels. Abide Chapels begin tomorrow. It's an audio podcast uh, brought, um, led by Lizzie Reynolds. Um, and she will begin tomorrow with the declaration, I am the bread of life that Jesus declared in the Gospel of John. So whether you tune in live, you watch the video recording on live stream later on, or you listen to the podcast of Abides either at 7.30 in the morning on Wednesdays or later on in the week, please join us and continue to make this community a worshiping one. Go in peace. <laughs>